Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Summit Church. It's Wednesday night. We're sharing the gospel. I hope you all uh, have had a good uh, New Year's Eve celebration, New Year's Day celebration, and we trust that your 2023 will be abundantly blessed. Um, today, I'm going to start by asking you a question. Did you ever see a woman or a girl, teenage girl, and you thought, geez, she's a bad girl? <laughs> Have you ever been watching uh, uh, the news uh, before and they talk about a famous woman, famous girl, famous movie star, recording artist? And usually when they talk about this person, I have no idea who they're talking about because I'm not really up with the current culture, pop culture, entertainment industry. But maybe they have an interview with that that star, that famous person. And you think, oh, that's that's a nice person. That's a nice girl. And then they play a clip of them performing and your jaw just drops and you think or say, wow, that's a bad girl or that's a nasty girl. Maybe it's because she's wearing a revealing outfit or the sexual way she's acting or dancing. Or maybe it's because of the, the, the lyrics she's singing or uh, the foul language that she uses. Maybe it's a crazy hairstyle or crazy hair color that she has or Maybe it's an overwhelming amount of uh, bizarre tattoos or piercings or bizarre makeup. Well, maybe, just maybe, uh, someone who strives to live a holy life, well, we just label her as a bad girl and look down on her. Maybe we'll, we feel that we're better than her. So we're going to talk about today about bad girls, that bad girl. I think we've all done that. We've looked at someone and we just think, oh, they're nasty or they're bad. <clears throat> We have things in our mind that, that we think make up a good uh, or acceptable woman or girl. And if a woman doesn't meet those standards, we tend to diminish her worth and her importance. I imagine everyone has a different perspective on this. Some might feel this way about people who are disadvantaged or poor or struggling or homeless. Or maybe it's just the opposite. Maybe you think people that are rich are nasty and and bad because they have advantages in life that you haven't had. Um, some might feel that way about uh, people, girls, women, teens that are struggling with addictions, um, that they're just, they're nasty or they're bad. Or maybe somebody who is struggling with an addiction thinks that uh, people that don't struggle, that they're just, they're judgmental and they're harsh and they're, they're not, uh, not full of love. Or maybe you think that a person of a particular race or religion or political view is automatically a bad girl. Well, like I said, today I want to share with you what God has to say about that bad girl. <laughs> we're going to go to the Bible. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about a sinful woman who had a very bad reputation. You're going to go to Luke 7, verse 36. Luke 7, verse 36, and I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And when it says that, it, it's different than when we sit at the table here in the United States of America. They sat at the table, they sat on the floor, the table was low to the ground, and their feet would be in the back of them. So Jesus was sitting at this table, he was reclined at the table, and verse 37 says, when a woman 
who had lived a sinful life in that town. So this woman had a reputation in that town as a bad girl. She learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. See, she had tears of sorrow and repentance because she was a bad girl. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. So this woman is ministering to Jesus. She's crying. She's crying so much that she has tears flowing, and, and they cover Jesus' feet. And she wipes Jesus' feet with her hair, and she kisses his feet. Verse 39 says, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Or in other words, if Jesus was really a prophet from God, he would know how horrible she was and wouldn't have anything to do with this bad girl, is what, what the Pharisee was saying. Jesus answered him in verse 40, Simon, I have something to tell you. And tell me, teacher, he said. Verse 41, two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Jesus said, uh, you have judged correctly. And verse 44, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I come into your house. You did not give me any water uh, for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time she entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. So Jesus was telling this Pharisee, you know, she is a bad girl. She has repented, and I have forgiven her, and she has a great, uh, great deal of gratitude and love toward me. And he was saying to Simon the Pharisee, you don't even recognize your sin. You don't realize you need to be forgiven. And so you're not very grateful and you're not filled with love for me. And in verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So we find from this that bad girls can repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. Isn't that awesome? That is just awesome that, that a person doesn't have to stay in the state that they're in. And they can live, have lived as a bad girl for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, and they still have the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus Christ and repent and become a good girl. Um, the next example is a woman who was full of demons. So she would have been considered a bad girl, I think. Uh, we're in Luke, so just keep on reading Luke 8, verse 1. It says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. 
Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out, uh, out of their own means. So in this list of women that were traveling with Jesus and his disciples was a lady named Mary Magdalene. Uh, it says that seven demons were cast out of her. Jesus' attitude toward these women, these women who had evil spirits uh, delivered from them and who were healed, Jesus' attitude was one of compassion. He helped them. The Bible says nothing else about Mary Magdalene's past except that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. So we don't know exactly what she was like, but we know if you have seven, seven demons in you, it's not a good thing. We don't know how those demons affected her, but we can know for sure that it wasn't good. She had been, been maybe internally tormented, or she may have been driven to violence or insanity or just really bad behavior. We don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us. Um, but what it does tell us is that Jesus helped her, this woman who had been considered a bad girl. Did you know that Mary Magdalene this woman who had seven demons in her is mentioned 14 times in the New Testament. Did you know that this woman who was a bad woman, when all of the men abandoned Jesus at the cross, she stayed with him along with some of these other women. She was the first person that Jesus talked to after he rose from the dead and the first person who preached the good news. So what I want you to know from this story is that bad girls can become heroes of the Christian faith. Isn't that wonderful? That is so exciting when, when God steps in and transforms somebody. The next lady we're going to talk about is the Samaritan woman at the well. And I'm not going to read that whole story because it's quite long, but it's found in John 4, the first chapter through the 26, uh, the, the fourth chapter, the first verse through the 26th verse. So in this story, Jesus approaches this woman to ask for water. But what he was really offering her was eternal life. Now this woman was a bad girl. She was a Samaritan who was looked down on, a race that was looked down on by the Jews. She had five husbands. She had been through five husbands. Now we don't know if they all died. Uh, we don't know if she divorced them all. We have no idea. But it says that the woman, uh, woman she, the man she was living with was not her husband either. So she was considered a bad girl. And the disciples were very, very upset that Jesus would even talk to her or have anything to do with her. And what we learned from this story is um, that this, this bad girl listened to Jesus and she went and told her whole village about Jesus. So bad girls can change. They can become soul winners. They can become evangelists. The next one, there's lots of examples. The next one is uh, the adulterous woman, a woman who committed adultery. And if a woman commits adultery, she's a bad girl. It's not a good thing to commit adultery. John 8, verse 1. This is found in John 8, verse 1. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach him. 
So Jesus is in the temple. He's in the temple courts. He's, in other words, what we would say in our common language is he was at church. The teachers of the law and Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman, this bad girl, was caught in the act of adultery, and she was a bad girl. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you have to say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis to accuse him, accuse Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. Isn't that awesome? So what we learned from that is bad girls, as we said before, can make a choice to repent. Jesus told this bad girl to repent, but the choice was hers. And in, in this instance, with this woman taken in adultery, we don't know the outcome. You know, you can share the love of God, forgiveness, and the message of repentance with somebody, the message, message of salvation, but sometimes you might not know the outcome right away. So even though you might not see somebody change or see what the outcome is, you have to trust that the good news that you planted in their heart will will change them and and stay with them. The Holy Spirit would remind them of that word. You have to you have to trust in that. You know, um, in here it says that Jesus said, "I do not condemn you," and a lot of times we. Uh, are faced with uh, people that says, don't judge me, don't judge me. Well, we have to understand that Jesus didn't condemn her, but he also told her to turn from her life of sin and not not to repent and to turn from her life of sin. And a lot of times we have to, we do have to judge people. We have to judge who we want to be friends with, who we want to do business with, who we want to employ, um, things like that. We do have to judge. We have to judge a person's character and integrity but we're not to judge people like these Pharisees and, and the disciples did. We're not to look down on people and we're all, all supposed to look at everyone like they have the potential of being born again. They have the potential of becoming a child of God. And we need to share that love and that compassion for them. You know, every single girl, boy, man, woman, teen um, that has ever lived is or was a bad person at some time in their life. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that every person has sinned and fallen short, short of the glory of God. And what we need to remember is that we were all in that state and we need to remember Jesus's attitude towards sinners, or toward bad people. In Matthew 9.35, Matthew 9:35 It says Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching this good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness 
When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In chapter 10, verse 1, it says, He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. See, Jesus is full of compassion. He wants to help bad girls become good girls. He wants to help them change their lives by uh, renewing them, helping them become new creatures on the inside. So when we see a bad girl, and this applies to guys too, if you see a bad guy, remember that scripture, this scripture and have compassion. Remember that they need the Lord. They need the message that you can give them. Remember that you are a worker in the harvest field. You know, I was one of those bad girls, one of those girls that people would look down on. It, you know, the Pharisees would have looked down on, the disciples would have looked down on. Kind of, you know, kind of a lost cause, you know, someone you, you would turn your back on. Between the ages of 14 and 15, I did all kinds of sinful stuff. And there were a lot of reasons for that. You know, most people who sin, there's a lot of reasons for it. Some Sometimes they just are sinful. Sometimes they've grown up in very difficult situations. Sometimes they started hanging around with the wrong friends. Sometimes it's just, you know, a lust, a lust of the flesh. But, you know, I thank God that good people reached out to me, showed me love, and told me about Jesus. I thank God for Christian people, Christian teenagers in my high school who let their light shine. I thank God for Christian people who opened up their homes to a whole bunch of bad kids to show them love, forgiveness, hope, and Jesus Christ. And if you went through the St. Louis area right now, there's a bunch of people that are my age who were shown this love and compassion and have had a dramatic impact on the St. Louis area through their testimonies and through their life of ministry, through their Christian witness in their own homes. And, and the reason that is, one of the reasons that is, is because of older people at that time who took us and mentored us and helped us and opened up their homes, opened up their lives uh, to minister to young people who, who, uh, didn't look like them. You know, everybody back then was, you know, called a hippie or a freak or, <laughs> you know, we didn't dress like, like the people that welcomed us into their homes, but they did. They were full of love and they were full of the word of God too. So, um, and I never felt, I never felt at that time that any Christian I was around, any teenager Christians I was around or any adults, I never felt like any of them looked at me as a bad girl, but someone who Jesus bled and died for. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so eternally thankful for that. And I always try to remember that when I look at others. Um, in Psalm 32, 1, Psalm 32, 1 in the NLT Bible, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. And it is, a, it is a wonderful joy. These women that I talked about, uh, what Jesus did for them, I'm sure brought them great, great joy because their sins were forgiven and they became, became new creatures. They became Christians. They became children of God. It reminds me of the wonderful song, Amazing Grace, 
How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And that, that, I want that to be the song of every bad girl that's out there that, that she can say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm, I was blind, but now I see. It is uh, such a wonderful thing to turn your life over to the Lord. So when you see a bad girl, remember this song. Remember these scriptures and pray for them. Have compassion on them. And, you know, um, it's good to, to um, remember the testimonies of people who have really uh, been affected by the Lord. I would suggest this book, um, Mercy Moves Mountains. It's, it talks about bad girls who uh, became Christians and had their life transformed by the love of God. And like I said a couple of times, all of these things apply to men also. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad guys out there, but they can totally and completely be transformed by the power of the gospel. So if you have never, ever uh, turned your life over to the Lord, I encourage you to do that. Um, the Bible just talks about repenting of our sins. That just means, you know, realizing that you are a sinner and decide to turn your life around, being sorry for your sin and, and repenting of your sins to the Lord and asking Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior and putting your faith and trust in him. And believe me, I'm a witness to it. You can become a completely and totally different person. Well, um, I'm so glad you joined me, and uh, I look forward to meeting with you again to study the Word of God and see what treasures it has. And I encourage you to tune in on Sunday morning where Pastor Terry will be sharing his first message of 2023. <laughs> well, goodbye. You have a good week. Bye-bye.